Welcome to another edition of Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. I'm your host, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, x Yay. <laughs> yeah. Joining us right now is my co-host, Nick Houseman. Yeah, Nick Houseman. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Hey, Sean. Uh, this is, I'm very excited, man. We have a slam banger of a show lined up for today. I cannot wait to release this thing onto the world, Sean. Yes. Why don't you tell everyone what you have in store for them today? Oh, <laughs> I think I'll do just that. Uh, we, have, we have a little guy here on the show today. Uh, he's got a huge podcast of his own called My World. Uh, longtime friend of yours, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, is in the house today. And a great conversation between you two. I did not know you two were as close as you are and have so, so many stories. So hopefully this is the start of a burgeoning relationship between the two podcasts because I already want to hear more from you and jeff and i already know what you guys are gonna talk about. <laughs> okay uh, yeah 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 it's a good one it's a good one we got jeff uh -huh. jarrett. and then after jeff jarrett after we talk the news and everything you're gonna hear from another little guy friend of the show dave Meltzer, in the house uh he took some time to chat with you about your first tour of japan and it really kind of just becomes more of a conversation about y'all's time in japan in general i think it's safe to say right yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm not huge long time buddy buddies with, with dave where we talked all the time on the phone i wasn't like a uh observer source or anything like that but like like we i used to read it all the time and um and we spent time together in japan during that that tour that that we're gonna that y'all are gonna hear us talk about yeah. and so I, it was a fun conversation with dave yeah and if you're gonna talk to dave Meltzer about anything you bring up japan he's very passionate sure. about japanese wrestling uh <laughs> And then, of course, at the end of the show, we'll have a new game. We're going to welcome another fan on. Um, we also have some housekeeping here to take care of. Uh, Patreon. We have not been engaging the Patreon enough. So we are going to be making some new additions to Patreon starting immediately. So if you sign up, we're keeping it at the one level right now, the $5, the kid level. What you're going to get is you're going to get this show not only ad-free, but you're also going to get it early. That's right. Starting uh, on Wednesdays, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you want to get this show earlier than everybody else who gets it on Thursday, go sign up. You get the show early. Also, each week, we're going to start doing a watch-along. So this week, we already picked the match. Everybody's talking about 28th uh, anniversary of 123Kid pinning Razor Ramon. So we're going to watch that. Sean and I are going to watch that. We're going to upload uh, the watch-along of me and Sean watching that. Also, at the $5 kid level, uh, you go you go find out. Uh, you go find all of that. That's some pretty big additions. I'm excited about this, Sean. Yes, me too, yeah. Nick. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and that's all I got. That's all I think at the top of the show. Uh, you know, Sean, I just brought up the uh, 28th anniversary of, of you pinning Scott uh, on Raw. Man, um, you put out a, a little message about that on social media uh, yesterday, and a whole bunch of people reached out talking about how much that moment really meant to them. Ivar, uh, Bollywood Boys, uh, and Jack Evans. Uh, also uh, had some nice things to say. Lance Storm, another name. Uh, what's it? What's it mean to you to see all these people reach out and talk about uh, 28 years ago? What that moment meant to so many of these guys in their careers? Well, I mean, it's not like I haven't heard people, you know, uh, fans and just just people uh, say how much that meant to them and how it inspired them, things like that. Uh, but and it's just uh, when when you see it from your from your peers and your colleagues and you know the the next generation uh 
coming up. It's just, you know, man, it feels really good. Yeah. I, obviously, it goes without saying. It feels so good, man. Uh, and I'm just, you know, looking back on, on everything, uh, I've got an amazing life. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I live my live my dream, man. And uh, and that was the most important moment of my career, bar none. And there were a lot of big moments, Nick. You know, a lot of really big moments and and things. You know, matches like important stuff, like you know my match with Brett. Uh, um, you know, the, the return to join with DX uh, after WrestleMania 14. You know, the the um, the invasion. The invasion, you know, yes, absolutely. yeah, uh, the invasion of WCW, uh, all of that, and uh, it's none of it would have happened without that first big moment, you know, at the Manhattan Center that night. When when you were in that moment and um, you knew you were going to beat Ray, did you think of it as like this is a big deal, this feels historic, or did the weight kind of grow over time and kind of set in later? No, because I knew. I knew like probably a month beforehand. I, if I had to guess, it was because I, I, Vince and Pat called me uh, and, and laid the whole thing out. Uh, like, just like in detail. And it's exactly how, how it ended up going. Like, they had this thing all mapped out. And, uh, um, oh, crap. What was I saying? We were talking. Oh, man. I had. No, you were. <laughs> Very compelling. No, I was asking you if you felt that weight in that moment, you know, or if if it's something that grew over time. And you were talking about how you knew. You know, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my god. Y'all get to see my brain farts live, and uh, you know, sure. um, we're not going to edit these out. No, we so, have, <laughs> we have an editor, but he's not going to do it. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay, when when they laid this out to me on the phone, and we're like, "What do you think of it?" I I was I couldn't believe it, like this because. You know, uh, just being brought in and like just given an opportunity to get over. Like here, uh, here's some vignettes, and here, like here's a month worth of squash matches. You know, now go out there and get over. But I, I mean, I couldn't have been. I couldn't have. It's the best way I can imagine being brought in, being introduced to people. It was like, man, <laughs> it was great. Work. And I knew it was going to be big too. Like I knew this is going to be big. It's going to work. Was there any other kind of precedent or match in your mind where you had seen another kind of underdog guy beat a big star and kind of move on? Was there anything else in the back of your mind you were kind of playing that off of, or was this kind of a, a whole new concept to you that something like this was happening? Uh, I mean, things have happened before, sure. like, uh, like the Malkies finally getting a win. You know, I don't know if you remember the Malkies, Malky mania. From w, WCW, uh, but and uh, and then like at different times, like for instance, I was talking with Chavo with Chavito uh, when he was on the show, yeah, about about Flair coming to Florida, and like somebody was, um, you know, like they needed a replacement. They needed someone for Flair to work with uh, real quick for some reason. I can't remember what, but I think Dusty got hurt or something. I don't know. So they had Flair went out and put Scott McGee over on TV. Scott McGee hit him with the German suplex. One, two, three. Place went nuts. Flair went and did matches around Florida. That was Flair's like title run, you know, title match run in Florida. Yeah. And so he did it with Scott McGee, and it worked. 
you know, like, like I honestly, I showed up, you know, and I kind of had a feeling by that time that, okay, wrestling might not be completely on the up and up. It might be a little shady. Sure. Uh, but even then, regardless, I was so, I was so excited about this Scott McGee thing. Huh? Uh, yeah. So and I didn't mean to go off into the Scott McGee weeds. No, but... I asked you for precedent. You gave me precedent. You were like, yeah, but nothing like this. No, nothing no. like this, Nick. Yeah, no, it's definitely something much, much bigger because the even the stuff you're referencing was kind of more, you know, in a bottle, right? It didn't, yeah. it didn't lead to 20 years of storytelling and, and what you were able to do, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah so. Um. Wow. Um. And you, you, uh, before we got in the air, I was going over the people that said nice things. Uh, Jack Evans. Yeah, he had uh, the following to say on Twitter. He said, "Strangely enough, this was also the most important moment in my career." Um. Talk to me a little bit about your relationship with Jack and, and why and what you think he meant by that. Well, I don't know because he never mentioned it to me the whole time we lived together down in Mexico. Okay. So, <laughs> so you guys lived together down in yeah. Mexico. I don't think a lot of people know that you and, and Jumpin' Jack Evans, uh, you know, spent, uh, lived together down in Mexico. Tell me about that a little bit. Here. Yeah, so we had a house, AAA, uh, got this house for a bunch of us. Like, uh, I think it was the the, the American guys. Um, and so it was this really nice house and, uh, uh, a, a decent, a pretty good neighborhood. Uh, and it was Moody Jack Melendez who used to work. He was like, he used to book Puerto Rico and he worked for TNA and, and he was, uh, at the time he was like helping write TVs and editing the show, like, uh, down for triple a, he was a real high up creatively. And so it was. It was Moody, Conan, myself, and Jack Evans oh my uh, God. in the house. And then Teddy Teddy Hart eventually came, and um, he was boy. staying in the maid quarters upstairs. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun with, uh, with, uh, with Jack. We used to work, you know, like um, – Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov and I, we we were doing this like DX knockoff called Degeneration Max, okay. and it we, it was over. Okay. It was over down there, you know. Okay. Um, and it was great having those two because like I was the I was the wise one, like you know the wise veteran, and those guys were studs. Like they were out there just crushing it, and I would just come in and do my couple of things. But uh, um, yeah, we would work with Teddy Hart and Jack Evans and. Uh, you know, do tag matches with them sometimes, and wow. I don't know. I just had so Jack and I have history. We were we were roommates. Degeneration Max, Max, yeah. Ooh. I, I know a lot of. It Walmart. worked though. It worked. I bet. I bet it worked. I bet it worked. I bet there was no legal issues because you're no, no. Yeah. And we were on TV, like you know, we had that Galavision or whatever three yeah. hours slot every Sunday, and oh yeah. It was the DX music, and they didn't even care, bro. They weren't worried about. They were like, "Go ahead and sue us." Did you get Good the luck run, with that? Did you get the Run DMC one? Did you get the one you liked? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, no. Sometimes we use. It depends. You never knew what you were gonna get. Okay. But, oh wow. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so Jack, Jack, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I remember the first time I met Jack Evans. Uh, we were doing the WSX uh pilot sure and um uh we anyways 
he had a bunch of bags and I like I didn't have anything in my hand. So I grabbed one of his bags and he goes, Oh, Xbox carrying my bags. Like I was just like, Yeah, what's a big deal, bro? It's not the first time I've carried someone's bags or someone carried my like uh anyways. It just I remember that stuck out in my mind. Dude. Um I'm a Jack Evans fan. I love Jack. It's great too. Like he, him, and and Helico uh, getting a run over in AEW right now. They're one of my favorite tag teams that they've got over there at the moment. They don't have. They, I think, I think it's either Jack or Helico. One of them, I think, might be injured at the moment. But those guys are always very entertaining, man. I'm so happy to yeah. see them on my TV screen each week. Oh yeah, and you know what, uh, Nick? Um, that WSX uh, bringing that up made me think of New Jack. Yeah, talk to me. So. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people I don't think would necessarily uh, draw a connection between the two of you, but there was one. Uh, yeah, a little it, bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, man. We just always, whenever we, whenever we uh, saw each other, man, we we got along great. Uh, uh, well, what ha- what happened one time was like he Jack. I don't know if he missed his flight or his flight got delayed or whatever. Anyways, he was at Newark Airport and I was at a different terminal. And, like I, I knew he was stranded over there. I didn't really know him. Yeah. And so like I I I I went over to his terminal and brought some food and we sat and bullshit and you know uh it just Jack type he's the type of dude that appreciates shit like that, you know. Uh it just man, that WSX pilot taping, oh he was he was priceless, man. He was just like in full new jack effect. He had um he brought this drug dealer to the tapings and it's hot as fuck out, Nick. The, the sun's bla- blaring down and and he's got this guy and he made him wear this purple suit like it was just a suit like and the guy he didn't have a shirt on just the jacket and the and and the pants and he's just sweating bullets standing out in the all day long and you just had to be there man mm-hmm. uh and just just uh jack's antics like during the battle royal and i just he was just a different kind of guy man and like he would tell these stories and look I'm not I'm not trying to tell anyone that they shouldn't feel a certain way about New Jack for whatever reason they might feel a certain way about him. Sure. But I'm just telling you how I feel about him or felt like I really liked the guy. Uh in spite of you know certain things. And you know, if you sure. wanted if you know, if I'm not a good person for that, then so be it. <laughs> sure. Uh, he would talk like, man, when he would talk about these things, like these crazy off the wall things, he like, like, and I feel bad for Vic Grimes, but man, him telling the story of, of man, I'm sorry. I'm going to sound really bad. <laughs> him telling the story of tasing Nick Grimes and throwing him off the scaffold at 25 feet and almost killing him. I couldn't help, man. The way he told it, I was belly laughing. And this poor guy, like he's trying to kill this guy. And like it, it's just the enter- the story is so entertaining. Like we're just dying laughing. Oh, I know that just didn't paint me in a very good light. <laughs> <laughs>J E double F J A double R E double T. Diddy, what's up, man? No, I was just sitting here before we uh, got going. <laughs> the, uh, Diddy, uh, Nick's sort of just like, 
What the hell is he? What did he just call him? What, little one. He's I dirty was, and I'm, I'm little one. <laughs> well, I, was, I was absolutely going to ask. I was waiting to ask on the show. So, like, is it because you used to sing ditties? Why do you get to be called Diddy? Where's the name from here? Oh, boy. <laughs> Sean, you may tell him. Okay. The- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, so there was a, uh, and it, it was actually off and all, but there was a pretty uh, extended time where on the road, it was Earl Hebner. Me, kiddo, Henry Godwin, um, Tex. What was uh, uh, Midian? What was his uh, Godwin brother? Um, Phineas. 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 Yes, I can. I can hear Road Dog calling him. But anyway, and then Road Dog was with us, so we all traveled. And um, believe it or not, I, I guess I was the one that at least it with that group. <laughs> Tried to figure out directions, and Brian and 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 Kid would say, "Oh, just ask Diddy." And I'm like, "What did they say?" And then it just sort of Earl, God bless him, uh, he definitely wasn't the one to ask directions. So it was back in the day, obviously prior iPhone maps, Google Quest, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, I can remember going up around Boston and driving in the roundabouts and oh Brian on the boot. Uh, that 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 uh, Chinese food place up there by in Revere. Anyway, Kowloon, Kowloon's, Kowloon's. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, traveling, it was a minivan with 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 that crew, and somehow, some way, uh, that name between me and Kiddo stuck all these years. Did he? <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm a little. Hey, Jeff. Hey, man. Uh, man, we have a long history, man. And and uh, man, I've had a lot of fun over the years with you and just a lot of experiences. And Nick, he, uh, he was just telling me, Oh my God, he started doing research and looking at all the stuff we've done, man, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've had a lot of human contact with each other. A lot of physical (laughs) contact over the years, man. That's to put it, uh, (laughs) I'll say a lot of human contact. Yeah. Uh, We have, uh, you know, watching the podcast, People have sort of come up when I've done, I've, I've tried to get out and spread the word, but people have asked me just different things. And it's like that they'll get into kid and then their hair match, but then they go, Oh wait, you had this match with him and, and then WCW. And then, uh, you know, a, a, a TNA, there's just been a, a, our paths have crossed literally since the, we'll call it the, the one, two, three kid early yeah. days. And, and yeah. a little bit before that, because we left Texas and global, it's called not global force. It's global. What was G- GWF global wrestling federation? Yeah. Jerry yeah. yeah. Lynn uh, had come, you know, y'all took off and I can remember thinking vividly, damn, why weren't they around when we were down there? Because <laughs> we had, uh, uh, you know, Cactus Jack and Gary Young and Eric Embry. We had a, a crew, but we also had, some of the quote unquote established guys, killer Tim Brooks. And we had a little bit, we were in the changing of that territory was in the changing of the guard, but we left and, and global went in there and, and you and JL. And I can remember because I was, you know, we were all about the same age. I'm like, damn, why weren't they were there when I was there? Yeah. Oh, Jeff, you're a little, you're a few years older than me, actually. I am. I know. <laughs> I know. Shut up. Yeah. But the thing is, man, like Jeff was, you know, I, Nick was, Nick was mentioned before we started recording, man. Like you look way better than I do. No, uh, well, I didn't. Say I'm not trying to blow smoke, man. But I did not say that Jeff looked better than you. I said Jeff looks like he's aging backwards. I don't want people to think I was throwing shade at you, Sean. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. But Jeff, hey, man, 
uh, of all the people I've ever been in the ring with, man, I have like, like you're in the top five, maybe even top three guys that I had the best chemistry with. Yeah. I mean, I- we, dude, I mean, from, from not, not just the one, two, three kid days, but when, when I broke my neck and I came back, you know, I had the surgery and I came back to work uh, for Vince, you were the guy that I had my first matches with, like on the, on the live events. Yeah. And oh my God, what, what a, um, what a relief, man, to know I was out there with you every night. And it's just, man, it was just the chemistry, the chemistry, Jeff. I think about it, man. It's just like, oh, it's stuff to die for, man. Well, and some guys over the years have asked me about specifically the, the attitude era and like, yeah. hey, what was it like? And I'm like, you know, it goes without saying Stone Cold it was just super red hot. But but when when and I can't I'm not gonna get impressed in this, but when the DX music hit and and you or Road Dog and Billy, whatever, when you walk through the curtain, that's like a, a crazy kind of pop. And then get yeah. up and but but when me and you went and we would always I could remember Lanza going, All right, guys, whatever it is. So so we would have ten to twelve minutes or maybe maybe a little more, it just depended. But but our pace and we had it down and, and I hate to say the proverbial night off because I wouldn't, there was, we won't. Yeah, but we worked hard on our nights off. Very hard. <laughs> there wasn't that risk factor. Of, right. Boy, I'm going to get a concussion or I'm going to take a bad shot or any of that. Uh, uh, even your uh, jump spin around kick, uh, you know, I could in those days hit the flat back. Uh, before it got there. yeah, I was just gonna say Jeff. Jeff perfected the uh, art of uh, already heading towards the mat. Before my- <laughs> well, that's what we want to be because if you're not moving, then you're just gonna get blasted. Oh yeah, don't blame him yeah. at all, man. <laughs> I tell guys like that. I said working uh, with, with kid night after night on, on those those runs, and it's like God Almighty, we're getting paid to do this. It that was a lot of fun. I, I, a lot. Was. So many different it, ways. It was Jeff, and it's just like the timing. And I don't mean to like keep keep going on this, but man, I just I I just there's very few guys I ever had that kind of chemistry with. Man, like I could just go out there and and it's just, it, I think a lot of it has to do it. You came from Memphis, man, and y'all are used to being able to go out there and walk and talk, uh, you know, um, and and call everything out there. And man, it was, and that's what we did. Like we had our spots, yeah. you know, like the sleeper spot. We did the sleeper spot a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> we also did that I used to think my whole set of heat, Nick, uh, to, just to really dive into granular was, yeah, is I, whatever the cutoff spot was, I'd squish him in the ropes. But literally I would give kid three hard turnbuckles, not back to back, one really hard one and let him sell and let me strut. A couple of more punches and kicks and another one, and then, and then by the time the third one, the crowd, they're actually mad that he's selling it so good. And I'm walking and talking, but the people start rumbling going, okay, here they come. It was, that was a lot of fun, man. You were it really always good. worked. It, it always worked, man. It, it, it always very, worked every single time. Very simplistic. Yeah. Love yeah. It. And, and I know talking to Sean, because Sean, uh, very proud of the creative input that he had on his matches and stuff. And talks, we've talked a lot about that. But you're also like a super creative guy, Jeff. I would just love to see you guys in the back coming up with matches. I feel like that's got to be a really collaborative, fun environment for you guys to be in. 
during that era specifically, all you I say all you had to do is if you worked around his signature spots, it was I mean, the Bronco in the corner, man, you're taking me back down memory. <laughs> the Bronco in the corner, it would just it'd be crazy. You know, the spin kick over in the turnbuckle, uh, just duck this, spin into kick. I mean, I could lay out the match. If you gave me about 10 minutes, I could call 80% of the match. Right? A lot of times we were used to put the foot up on the Bronco Buster for the heat spot. <laughs> Dude, good free yeah. call. Exactly right. <laughs> but no, we, we had a lot of that. And then come a TV or, 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 or a pay-per-view or whatever, we, we always could put in the little bits and pieces. And a uh, lot of fun, man. A lot, lot of fun. And uh, I was just did a podcast Today is Tuesday, so that was on Friday when I did one, and I talked about uh, we, we just talked about the different timing of learning how to downshift. Uh, it, 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 no matter what, just take a heartbeat and and let the people soak it in. And Kiddo was great at that, like really good at that. Wow, yeah, thanks. thanks well, one of the first <laughs> one of the first matches that I think a lot of fans would probably remember between the two of you was the '94 King of the Ring. Uh, it was a big pay per view. That was the King of the Ring that Owen would go on to become King Owen. And I thought it was really interesting because I was reading and kind of watching it back a little bit. Sean wins. Like I, in my head, when I saw that, I was like, I, th I thought you were going to be going over, but I was kind of surprised to kind of go back and watch that. And you did the honors there for Sean that night. Yeah. Uh, the, the uh, we're going to get around to talking about my world, but in that, <laughs> no, no, no. And the reason I say that is that 94 era, because we talked about the early double J, but in 94, I wrestled on, live events, I was married to a bunch of different random, but I wrestled doing more than everything. But, but that is a different era because Vince came to me like at an early Springfield mass TV. I, again, so I do remember. Oh, you remember. The I know, huh? we did Poughkeepsie. But anyway, he basically said, Hey, and, and look, I'm coming from Memphis on a weekly territory. We're going to use the better part of this year. And we're talking, this is like January, February. We're going to use the better part of this year to get your character over, go out and have fun and listen to your agents. And I can remember going the better part of this year, but sure enough, all of 94, I put everybody over uh, around the horn and, and, you know, to get on the King of the ring, it was Vince's vision of the building blocks. And that's how he did it. I'm going to give this guy a year to get over or, you know, give or take whatever that was the mindset. And then sure enough, come 95, Scott road dog, I see title, we're off to the races, but that's the, yeah, I remember the King of the Ring. Yeah. Cause Sean obviously was like obvious involved in all of that right there. Even the stuff with, with Scott and, and leading into survivor series, just a couple matches, a couple months later where you guys were in a big match together. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey Jeff, you remember the, um, you remember that match we had, uh, it was like in Iowa or something. It was a TV match and it was Scott and I versus Versus you and, and Road Dog and like we did that spot with the uh, where where Scott gives me the sack of shit on you, but then I was out. Remember, yeah. and they had to cart me out of the ring. Yes. Yeah. Okay, hold on, because we did we did Mania. Oh boy, Nick, you're supposed to do this research, but anyway, no, <laughs> go for it. You could walk us through this, Jeff. Obviously, strut your stuff here. That's fine. Yeah, go ahead. We did Mania, and then we did the In Your House, where it was a handicap match. But in that transition, we did TVs. I think building up to that, and that was the lead up to In Your House one. I yeah, think. well, 
we were in we were in Europe right before that, and I took a bad fall outside the ring, and, and I just kept on going. But we got we got to TV, and we we had this TV match, and we so we did that spot, and like so I had a, some people might know I had a substance abuse problem at the time, so uh, so it's like like honestly, some people thought that I OD'd in the ring. Yeah. You don't remember that, Jeff? I do. No, I, and I, they had to cart me out of there and took yeah. me to the hospital and they were ready to like Briscoe was with me. And he told me later, he goes, like, if, if your neck wasn't broken, they were gonna they were gonna have me fire you. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that that whole yeah. Look, we've all had our dark days, but yes, now you're oh boy. Uh, I, I do remember the, the not that specific uh incidents of, of you and Briscoe talking about, but that that quasi uh couple of month deal. Uh, candidly, we're all worried about you. And and yeah. look, later in my life, people worried about me. I'm not. I'm not throwing shade, but yes, there was that window of Kevin and Scott and me. You know, just we're worried about it. Yep, I remember. Hey Jeff, I don't want to get like all up into the weeds on 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 all that, but the thing about you, Jeff, is when it came to partying and all that. And obviously, man, you know you've been real open about everything lately. But oh yeah. You always held it together, man. We were always falling off and like, you know, like missing shows or doing this and that. And Jeff, man, you, man, you always handled it until you could, right? Like Dude, it, you literally, if we're talking, open, I was so impressed by you, man. <laughs> you're not supposed to be, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. But it's like, wow. You were. Why can't I be like Jeff? Why can't I party and keep it all under control? What a functional alcoholic. Oh my God. Badge of honor. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean that, 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 and I can tell you I've had a, and I'll, I'll leave the names out because I don't want to break anonymity that they may or may not want me to share with it, but right. Sean, some of our closest friends called me when I got out of treatment and they're like, dude, I, I didn't really believe that. I, I tried to piece it together and then they went on to say it in your colorful language. And what, what about that? But but to anybody that may be listening out there, that's what happens. Yeah. It works till it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, I always give the proverbial Try to get back in a canoe by yourself. Oh, Once wow, yeah. you fall out of that canoe, it it it's it's game set match, and you are getting back into the canoe by yourself. So, uh, by the grace of God, we're both here, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeff. And the um, the thing is, man, when I when I heard you uh, you had taken that step, and and you got see, like I just in my heart, I felt like you were going to get that. You were like since you decided to go do that, like I didn't see you having like, and I'm not trying to jinx you or whatever. Like I didn't see you as the, the like have a half a dozen relapses uh, within the first six months. You know what I mean? I just, I figured, man, you got it. Like you're working the program and yeah. all that. And, and it's obvious, man. It, this is real talk. I mean, and I, I've obviously I've seen Sean a couple of times over the last uh, three years. But, but I appreciate you saying this, but as you both know, it's one day at a time. Yeah. But I will say this. What worked in, in my work life or home life that, that you know, even in my darkest, darkest days, kiddo, I'm getting up at 6 a.m. and going to the gym. It, like, yeah. in my darkest of dark. So, I, 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 you know, whether it's my dad or my grandmother or genetics or my mindset or I'm just crane whack, wacky, I've always sort of had that work worth ethic. If I'm going to do something, I am not afraid of work. I'm going to roll up my sleeve and I'm going to do this. 
And, and once I came to the realization of my reality, and it's a disease, look, cancer, such folks, heart disease, uh, you name it, diabetes, all different kinds of diseases. It, it, the disease of addiction is just that. It's a chronic progressive disease left untreated. You will die or you will go to jail or you will go to institution. There's no middle ground. Yeah. Jeff, did you, did you feel like that early on? Like, uh, did you look at it and, and, uh, look at it as a disease before you, you know, decided to take, uh, take the steps you took? I could tell, you know, this is on the one hand life, a little bit embarrassing. I, I, I had the picture of the disease of addiction if you lived under a bridge and came out twice a day to get your fix. I, I had no concept, like zero, like not, not a little bit, like zero. I, I had no, I, I didn't even know that in the late 50s that the American Medical Association literally classifies it as a chronic progressive disease. Yeah. I had no idea. When I found that out, it was, and I'm, and I, I, you know, I don't mind sharing. It, it was a light bulb going off, and I go, "Oh, it, it's almost like going to a, a doctor and you get a diagnosis, and you go, oh, that's why. Oh, oh okay. Oh, and it's a lot more than uh, just the symptom over here. You, you, it, it's, it's, it's truly, I believe that that you know, and they say one in nine people." have the have the genetic predisposition yeah and so when you get into the numbers that's when the light bulb started going off. yeah i mean I, you have, like so you have so like you know we, we all know so many people you know and uh loved ones and good friends but did, did you like think that everyone was just kind of weak like uh you know that couldn't couldn't keep a handle on it i never looked at it as weak it is whoo they tied one on i i, I mean uh -huh. that's all, Maybe a simpleton I am in a lot of ways. I just like, whoa, man, they didn't slow down last night. But not because they couldn't slow down. They chose not to. That's how I always looked at every, all of my faults, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. I screwed up last night. I didn't slow down. You know, I, I took it upon myself. Not that I could slow down. Once you to understand, like, okay, it's a disease that affects the brain that controls your, your behavior. Bingo. That made sense. Yeah. It's Jeff, hey, man, I, were you going to say something, Nick? I was just going to say, it's so great. To, and I know this isn't really what we intended this conversation to be about, but I'm yeah, all we're gonna... it, and it's fine. It's, it's totally cool. I just think it's so great because you look at the culture of pro wrestling right now, and it's very different. And it's because I feel like of guys like you, you both that have come out and been so open, you've made it easier for this new generation to make better choices. And so I think this, while I didn't anticipate this conversation, I think it's just a really powerful, awesome conversation. It sends a really good message to the current generation out there about getting help and, and recognizing things like this. So anyway. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to get all off into that, but go, go ahead, Jeff. I, I, I'll just say this, you know, and a kid will definitely be able to relate to this. Look, I've got three names for him. Lundlin, kid, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Sean, uh, but no, he, I think he'll be able to relate to this, but you know, we talk about, especially when we were Early 90s, you you hear about Midnight's guys paving the way, quote unquote, paving the way. I I I've, I look at it today at, at my stage of my career. You know, obviously main ring career. I'm not I'm not talking about, it, but just my 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 progression in the business. That as far as paving the way, this is, and I think I can speak candidly for Road Dog, for Kiddo, for others. 
this is a part of paving the way to me with, without question that it's maybe more important. I don't want to say that, but you know, paving the way of look, you know, a lot of guys get in this business and, and take 50 crazy bumps. And if they want to do that, great. Me and kid run up and down the road, you know, 30, 40, 50 nights. Uh, yeah. What, whatever. And I'm not saying back to back. I'm just saying did a lot of live events and we knew how to have an a match a B match and a C match. That was smart. So, so this business is about longevity and what we're talking about that you just alluded to is without question about longevity. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Um, hey, Jeff. Yeah. Hey, man. You know, uh, when, when you guys, like I saw you recently uh, did kind of like a watch along or something with Sean about the in your house. Uh, yeah. And, and like, I was just thinking about that day and how you got, like, you went out there, you did business, everything. And, uh, and, um, and I worked with Brian. I had a really good match with Brian actually uh, uh, earlier that night. And um, dude, you guys left. I was so sad, Jeff. I don't know if you remember this. I ran out of the building and chased y'all down as you were uh, as you were driving off because I just wanted to say goodbye. I was so sad that you guys were leaving. Yeah. Oh my well, God, man. Well, obviously, it's my backyard, so I remember the building. I remember that. And you know, when you get into the weeds of that story, there was a uh, that was right before quote unquote like I'll call it the click days. You know, we would say, but but that 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 sort of group was me, you, uh, Road Dog. Uh, Sean, Kevin, Scott. So we all yeah. did it in one car every night. But you know, it was it was sort of that quasi group that that was running up down the roads. And if me and Sean worked together, uh, Scott, you know, it, we were all either in the ring together, some way, some other. And but I do, I I I vividly remember you coming to talk because you were like, dude, and you're like, oh, I was heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was the same. It was the same as <clears throat> when you know, in the middle of the Attitude Era, uh, when your contract, when they let your contract uh, expire, and and you you left that time. Oh man, I cried, Jeff. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I I was so sad that you were leaving, and I remember Brian was too. Yeah, you know, like we were pissed about that, man. Yeah, Brian, and that was uh, we we've reminisced about that uh, a couple of different times. That was such a unique day. But what I really think about is pulling up to the car, uh, pulling up to Gundarina. I left my bag in the car, and Brian was like, "Dude," and obviously this is BS before sobriety. But he was right. like, "Man, I love you, dude, but I respect the you got to do what you got to do." And I said, "Man." Do you really think, and I just shared this on the My World podcast. I told Conrad, I said, at the end of the day, you really, if you really hear the story from start to finish, I had, WCW was not a new place for me to go. I was right. there. I left there on a one-year deal for a reason. And I have said it a thousand times since, and I'll continue. The industry that we're in is made to have the buck stops with one person. It doesn't work by committee. It doesn't work by a group. Now, look, you can have – I'm not disparaging writing committees or booking committees or, or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, you need to have the ability to go find one answer. I did not want to leave WWF. Yeah, I know. And, and it was such a twisted story over the last 20 years. Oh, he held Vince up. No, mm -hmm. I didn't. I got my money and left because I, I, I knew the game as as – 
hopefully as, as a lot of folks did. I just wanted my money to get out, but I didn't want to leave. And, and, and quote unquote, my boys, but my family, and right. I'm talking to one right now, that group that ran up down the road and, 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 and man, the, the times that we shared together and remember the Woodstock, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was during the time, but I mean, they, we had a lot of great times and, and, you know, Brian, you just the whole group that we were running up and down the roads. I didn't want to leave, but business was business. And we all sort of knew that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know you were so tight with the click. Why, why does Jeff Jarrett's name never come up when you guys talk about the click? Come on. I, I mean, truly. It, it, so 95, the night in Nashville, I left. So there was, I'll call it the pre-click days, maybe, you know, it, it was, it was that. And then I left. Uh, and, and then it, it was like, I came back just for a, a short hiccup and, and moved on. Um, it, it was so I was pre-click. The click, the click wasn't together in WWE during the Attitude Era. Yeah. You know, we were already split up by then. So, like, you know, I wasn't hanging like exclusively with the click. You yeah. know, it was. It was. Yeah, no. It was pre-days. Yeah, or or post, like, or you know, it was oh, pre after. or yeah. yeah afterwards too. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were saying. Nick, I'm not sure exactly the timeline, but it was pre and post. Okay, hey, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, what what are your memories of the, like the angle and the match going into SummerSlam, where where you and I worked for uh, with the hair match? Because um, I I, I uh, well, let, go ahead. Well, uh, I remember. Uh, I mean, it's a not in the middle of there, but but Finkel. I remember Finkel being a part of it that I got to clip his hair. But the thing that probably I remember the most was. You know, we went, and you probably don't remember this, but I had done the Double J character in the Attitude Era that didn't work. I'd done the Tennessee Lee thing that didn't work. I'd done the NWA thing that didn't work. Then they, the Southern Justice thing, you know, that was, you know, but I, I knew there was sort of talk of, of that, but I wanted my haircut bad. I, ah. I've, I've got to have a, 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 a makeover. And, you know, and, and coming from Memphis, you know, we always give guys new makeovers and all that. But I knew the Double J character of, howdy, folks, Double J here. That was game, set, match. It was over with. So I wanted the new attitude. Don't piss me off. And, I, you know, I remember pitching that to, to Farrar and Russo. And and they were like, let's see what the old man says. Let's see what the old man – you know, it is one of those things. I remember yeah. that lead up to the hand. Well, I, there was a – at one point, we, you know, when we were building up to that, I remember they came to me and just go, oh, yeah, at this point, Jeff comes out and he cuts your hair. Like a little cut my hair. For, but I was like, whoa, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> like I was going to go in that fight. Like, you don't just tell me you're cutting my hair. And da, 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 da. I mean, it was only a little piece, Jeff. You remember. But, but it was just like, oh, no way. Boy, I got my hair cut and I liked it. Yeah. People. <laughs> 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 Interesting, and I don't know if you uh, had the same uh, mindset. That was really the very infancy of the writers. Yes. The, the, the writing team. And I'm not saying Vince or Ed. You know, I, I understand that. But those early days when a writer would come, hey, we're going to clip a little bit of your hair, this and that. And as a talent, which I've been there, still can go there if needed. Like, right. what the F are you? Who are you talking to? We're gonna cut. I'm, I'm sure Xbox, you know, kiddos. Yeah. Wait, who are you talking? Who's gonna cut my hair? I don't give a shit. What Jeff says, I don't care. Yeah. 
He ain't cutting my hair. Well, two hours later after the big man, the chairman says, uh, John, can you come in here a minute? Yes, sir. <laughs> We're going to do this storyline. And da, 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 da. Yes, sir. See, boss. Hope you Basically. like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, you did it. I, I'm, I'm saying I'm in the same position. So, Jeff, uh, in my opinion, um, we had that match at SummerSlam, the hair, the hair match. And uh, if if there was any match that was as good or better than ours, maybe it was Rock and, and Hunter's ladder match. But I want to say that, like, we were at least right there with those guys as far as stealing the show. And do you remember your payoff for that? Oh, gosh. I don't. I wasn't happy about it. And and okay, and I think I, 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 as a matter of fact, I think I called you just to make sure, like, uh, we got the same. And we did. That's and, good. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, called, first I called Vince. And I was like, Vince, I said, hey, man, when did you start paying by the pound? <laughs> and and Vince is like, and because I like I was talking about the and he was like, well, if that's how this conversation uh, is going to go, then this conversation's over. And he was like, he was like, actually, like I I back I backed out a little bit, you know, and and so he was like, you need to talk to Jim about this. So I used the same line on Jim, on Jr. <laughs> we and got you know, my world about payoffs. Did you ahead. ever complain about payoffs? So I'm going to go back to episode one. Because I got $5,000 extra for that. Every time I complained, Jeff, they would yeah. send me an extra five grand to shut me up. All right. So, I, well, it, it worked. You're exactly right. I can remember having a conversation with Dustin Rhodes, and we weren't – it wasn't a compare notes. It was I had a couple of loops with him, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm not – anyway, so I did a little chirping – but knew that I was – look, I, it's it's no secret. We went into in-depth on it. I wasn't on the greatest of footing, uh, as as obvious as it may be. I left in three or four or five months. But I saw it was a slippery slope. But that – knowing that I was getting shortchanged on multiple house show runs and a couple of pay-per-views, that's what was sort of the impetus, me getting the last month. If I didn't have leverage that night, I was never going to have leverage. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to clean up everything because I knew I had been shortchanged multiple uh that's just the nature of the beast and i'm not i'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at jim ross i'm not pointing fingers at, at, at yeah. they run a business squeaky wheel gets the oil a lot of times that's just well, the, the beast yeah, yeah but like for that when i'm when i make a call like that um it's not because i got i think i got shorted by five grand like like honestly it was it was half of what i thought it should have been yeah. like like I'll, I'll just be honest it was 25 grand and I thought it should have been fifty for that match. Yeah. In that in that pay per view, that SummerSlam pay per view. This is red hot. Yeah. 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 So and, you know, uh, my it'd be my middle daughter. She, one time we were talking about this. You know, in a hair versus hair match in Madison Square Garden on the biggest event of the summer and the biggest that's a that ranks up yeah. there Afro profile deal. So yeah, I look back on the, you know look. You, you brought up the pay, but, but I look back over those monumental, it's a huge milestone for my personal career. Big time. All right. Oh, well, wow. we, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wrap it there for the moment because Jeff has to, to go. I know right now, and we have so many other things. So hopefully down the road, you can come back. We'll send Sean over to, to my world. Yeah. Yeah. 
something like that. But uh, but take us home here, Jeff. Where can people uh, go find my world? What do you want to tell people about this? Anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, the easiest way is we launched a website, which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm not a web guy, but uh, I got a guy. But anyway, we got a team, and it's realjeffjarrett.com. Uh, go to that website or any of my socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, is at realjeffjarrett. So it's still real simple, at realjeffjarrett for everything. Cool. Jeff, hey, man, obviously uh, there's a million more things that that oh, yeah. uh, we could talk about, you know, uh, the TNA, all, all that stuff. Uh, but like we were never going to be able to touch on everything. We have and, time. And, you both have podcasts. We have yeah. so much time to fill, guys. Do not feel like you have to cram it all in here. It's not worth exactly. It. But I just, hey man, I just think the world of you, Jeff. And I'm so happy, uh, um, you know, that for where you are in, in life right now, man. And and um, it's really cool to see you doing the podcast with Conrad. I'm a big Conrad fan, uh, and it's a perfect match, man. Yeah, and, uh, he lines up the topics, and I've got 35 years to discuss. But, kiddo, I love you, brother. I appreciate you having me on today. I really do. I love you too, man. And uh, I hope I see you. I hope, oh, Jesus. I hope I see you soon. All right, brother. Take it easy. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Jeff. No problem, Jeff. Take care. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's time for the retrospective segment. And, uh, this week, I'm really, really happy to have Dave Meltzer join us. What's up, Dave? Not too much. How have you been? I'm great, man. Life good. is really good these days. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, it wasn't always that way for me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, hey, Dave, what do you want to talk about today? Well, I guess, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about, I guess, this your the first time you went to Japan. And I, the thing is that... I don't remember if I was on the first tour or the second tour that you went. I remember going to Japan with you in 92, though, yeah. with the the uh, Lucha Libre group. Yeah, it was a few. I'd, I'd had a few. That was probably my fifth or sixth oh, uh, really? trip over there. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so um, I, how that got started, Dave, was, um, you know, I had been doing GWF and uh, they had, you know, they signed people to contracts. Um, even though like, okay, so my contract with GWF was just a $300 a week base pay. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, that's not a lot of money, obviously, but at the time, you know, that was helping pay the, pay the bills. And, uh, even if they weren't bringing me down. So anyways, they canceled, you know, they, they, they quit paying me oh, and yeah. And so I needed, uh, I needed to make some money real quick and, uh, do, do you know Bruce Kreitzman? He was a referee and a photographer right. and stuff. Sure, sure. He's yeah. Gary Gary Jester's uh, cousin. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He um he had Wally Yamaguchi come to town, and uh, Wally Wally brought me to Japan just like on short notice. Like he was like, "Hey, do you have your passport?" Like uh, I wasn't booked on it. It was a big surprise me showing up. Uh, oh wait, oh shit. No, I didn't get the uh, – <laughs> I'm confused a little bit. I'm not sure if they quit paying me yet or not because I was the GWF champion my first uh, time over there. Yeah. But but anyways, um, I, I, I just showed up, and uh, I was surprised. I was on – it was Universal Pro Wrestling, but um, originally when they first started, they were just called UWF. 
Mm-hmm. And and do you remember uh, Shinma? Of course yeah, you do, Sh- right? Shinma, the, the, the older Shinma and the younger yes. Shinma. Right, right, yeah. right, of course, yeah. So I think it was the, the father. Like He was behind it, but it was basically yeah. for his son. His son's yeah. name was Hisatsune Shinma. Yeah. And he was like a huge mark for, for Lucha. Yeah. Huge mark for it, right? So, so Dave, I, I got to be on these shows. Um, well, first of all, my first match was at Corken Hall, and it was with Dick Togo. And I just did, like, you know, topes, plancha, made sure I got a German suplex in there, it's a couple different varieties of spin kicks, and, you know, just like, like all the things I thought that I, I needed to do to get over in Japan. And it kind of worked, you know, it was, it, it worked. I, I did some crazy shit. And, uh, and so, um, you know, they kept bringing me back, but right. all those, all those guys, man, this, those were the, the top guys from, from Mexico. Right. All those right. Guys. Right, right. Like, uh, you worked with like Hamada and Pero Aguayo and Acai yeah. and, um, yeah. Cause they brought in, um, I'm trying to remember who else, but, um, like wasn't like Dos Caras and Silver King and all those guys over at some point? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, so it was like me, Jerry Lynn, and Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Silver King, Tejano, and Dos Caras. Right. So one, of, one of my first uh, matches over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was at and Io Del Santo, uh, right? Blue, yeah. Blue, Blue Demon Jr. Uh uh Kendo. Remember Kendo Kendo, Kendo with all the nip ups, of course. Yeah, Chombo, his name was. Yeah. But and and also my first my first show there was Asai's last show with Universal before he went to to war. Yeah. Yeah. And and so Kabuki was there, you know, with the suit on. And, well, and I anyway. I remember going there, and it was when all those guys who ended up forming Michinoku Pro were all starting out. Like um, yeah. Sasuke was was Masa Michinoku. Masa Michinoku, right? Um, Delphin. Delphin. Delphin was, yeah. He was, was called Mon- Monkey Magic Wakita. Right. Monkey Magic Wakita. And those yeah. guys, like, they were all new and they were all crazy. And they pretty much, like, I think that they kind of changed a lot as far as, if you look back historically, they opened the door for, you know, re- really what you would call Dragon Gate now. And, yeah. and, and a lot of the promotions like that all kind of stemmed from the popularity of the the universal group bringing in the Lucha Libre guys and then the young Japanese guys who were like opening match guys then, but then um, they just started copying the the Mexicans and, and threw in some Japanese stuff and they created like that whole new style that's still exists and is popular today. Oh yeah. And um, not to jump around a little bit, but that's kind of how my brain works. Um, you mentioned the Michinoku stuff like later on, um, like the last tour I was over there was when they decided to start Michinoku, Dave. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't paying everybody, and you know, like things it was obvious things were really bad. Yeah, and we were we were on this we were on a ferry from from Sendai to go to Hokkaido. Like we they didn't have that's how much uh, that's how little money they had in their budget. Like we couldn't even fly there. We had to take the slow boat. Wow, to, yeah, to Sapporo, like through a typhoon. Like the, the, <laughs> the oh man, it was just crazy. And and so they wouldn't uh, pay for for beds for us, so everyone had to sleep on the floor. Like sat El, Elio de Santo, those car like legends sleeping on the floor, you know. And um, like in the arena or no on the boat. Oh geez, oh geez, yeah. wow, yeah. yeah, on the boat. And um, uh, so they, I was there when they 
all had this powwow, this big meeting, and uh, and made the plans to start their own company. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Michinoku was the one that started it, and then uh, Dragon started the Dragon Gate originally, as actually yeah. as Tori Yuman, and then and here we are now. I mean, and do you do you keep up with Sasuke at all? So over the years. It's been a long time, but I did this thing where I was one, two, three kid for Chikara. Yeah. And um, like, so there was a six man and I was in it with like uh, uh, Eric Cannon and Darren Corp, like a couple of Minnesota guys. And we had a six man with, with Shinzaki Hakushi. Yeah. Sasuke and Dick Togo. So it was just like old home week, man. It was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I don't, because, because, because Sasuke, of course, you know, ended up being like a big star. And I don't, I'm trying to remember how many years ago this was, but did you, they did a movie on Sasuke, a documentary. Yeah. And the documentary opened in San Jose of all places. So I actually saw the open and, and Sasuke was there with the woman who, who did it. And it was fascinating. It was when yeah. he was running for political office under his mask, you know, right. going, going from like person to person you know, in his home district where, you know, a lot of the people knew him, but, but it wasn't like he was like walking around, like he was Hulk Hogan either. You know, right. it's like, it's like people knew him, but it wasn't like, you know, you've been, look, you've been around giant celebrities for, you know, um, from between wrestling celebrities and, and non-wrestling celebrities. Sure. And he, was, he wasn't that, but it wasn't like he was unknown either. And he's asking for votes. And I think he actually lost that election and they, they kind of showed, and it was, it was kind of a deal. Cause I think when the movie, was being filmed he was probably in his i'm gonna say mid 40s because he's probably early 50s now and wow. he was broke he was broken down you know because you know you know how he wrestled yeah and he he was he was hurting i mean he was still doing it and he was hurting but it was really interesting how he he had to take a back seat on on his own shows because the young guys could do a lot more and he was basically just in there on his on his name and because the the kids kind of knew oh it's great sasuke he'd go to like sure. a little the elementary schools and he'd get the biggest reaction, but he would be in six man tags and he could do very little because his body was hurting so bad. Yeah. 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 But it was hey, Dave, um, I was mentioning this earlier when, when I uh, knew you were going to be on with me um, and talking about this. Uh, you, so I was in Japan with you like that. Yeah. One, you were asking me if it was my first, uh, you know, my first tour. It was like several in because yeah, uh, Jerry Lynn and I were having matches with Gato and right. and Pat Tanaka. They were doing this like new Orient Express thing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were having really good matches with them. But um, you and I hung out. Who was it? Who was with you? Um, it might have been John Muse. Maybe. Yeah. John Muse. The blonde hair guy. Blonde hair guy. Yeah, definitely John Muse. Yeah. 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 And so like I tell people this a lot. Um, uh, we went to like JWP TV taping at some one at one thirty AM JCTV. Remember the, the Jap, Jap, Japan cable television studio? Right. Right. Did they lock us in the building. Well, pretty much. Cause, cause it was like when from one thirty to like five thirty AM and like, we were just getting tired and wanted to leave. And it was like, it was like <laughs> some rule that like, if you showed up because it was in the middle of the night, nobody was allowed to leave. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, like we were hostage all night long. I just, and I was like half asleep by, you know, 3 a.m. Plus, it's our own jet lag because I think it was only a couple days in. And I just remember I'd doze off and then I'd be watching this battle royal with Devil Masami, who, of course, you remember the legend. Yeah. And they were doing all this great stuff. And I was like, I think this is like 
it was like way better than like an American or a Jap. Most Japanese battle royals aren't that good in an American battle royals range, but it was like this battle royals like so good. But I'm like half asleep at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like American uh, American battle royals that just everyone goes in there and just walking and talking and not really any structure. Like there, yeah, that was a well thought out battle royal. Yeah, like Dynamite Kansai. I remember like. Uh, uh, cutie Suzuki, I think Cutie Suzuki was there. Yes, I think she was. I'm sure she was. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, I just had a great time, man. And uh, and then we went to Tokyo Disney World. Right, right. Where Jerry yeah. Lynn, Jerry Lynn yeah. goes. This is the first time in my life I've ever felt tall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. so many people were so short there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, hey, Dave, that was I loved working for that company. Uh, you know, it was tough. I was getting I was getting a thousand dollars a week, mm-hmm. and and you know, um, which was a lot more back then than it is now. But still, that was nothing back then. Yeah. And you know, they would give us a hundred dollar draw to, that we would have to try to make last for the week. You know, for food and whatnot, and it was just next to impossible. And yeah. and you know, I was talking about how you know we would drive like we would drive from Tokyo. Most people would take the the bullet train or fly down to Hakata down yeah. south we drive the whole thing 12 hours no hotel dave no <laughs> hotel we would pull into this thing called a kenko land which was like a big like uh you know with the with the bathhouse and everything and everyone slept on the floor in a big room and like everyone mm. was snoring it was we called it the snoring chamber but it was just i mean we were so happy to you know after 12 hours on that uh on that bus with the seats not reclining, we were just happy to get somewhere and lay down flat, man. Yeah. It's, it's, I think people don't realize how, how hard wrestling, I mean, and really it always was as far as when you're not in like say WWE or AEW or WCW, when you're in the, the glamor promotions, yeah. it's, um, you know, or even in Japan, like new Japan, all Japan, right? Like, yeah. but you know, and you've been, I mean, let's face it, you've been the gamut from the lowest of the low to the highest of the high. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you've yeah. been like, because a lot of the guys, you know, sometimes guys are lucky and they can get to the big leagues based on size right away. I mean, you had all those years of having to make your name. And then, you know, you had that run where you were really on top with the, the top guys in the biggest boom period, probably yep. of our lifetime. Yep. And then, and it's funny because then, you know, Mexico in that yeah you know just, you you went everywhere it's yeah. like it's like you have more you probably have more unique experiences in that realm than almost anyone yeah it's crazy like uh since you're talking about Mexico and it kind of plays into you know the Japan stuff we were talking about that was so crazy uh like cuz it was a lot of the same type of traveling down in Mexico you know a lot of hot, long bus dr- drives and you know um you know it was tough those they, the conditions are tough there, man. And I got to experience that uh, on the, you know, I had already been up to the, you know, to the top of the mountain. Right. It, it, when when you haven't been there yet, it's easier to uh, deal with all that shit. <laughs> but like, you know, on the way back down, oh, that's a motherfucker, man. Yeah. Holy. I know. I know. Because <laughs> I can't think of hardly anyone who was in that boom period of WWF and WCW in like that, you know, whatever late nineties period that ended up like in, in triple a, like, like right. really triple a, like not, not like, okay, you come in for like Ray DeReyes or, or triple Mania. I mean, you were living there doing the whole, the whole deal for a long time. Yeah. I just wanted, I just, you know, I wanted, 
I never worked Mexico. Like I, I, you know, in Japan, I'd worked with all the the greats, you know, like that we just talked about, and you know, um, but I'd never actually worked in Mexico. Yeah, and I really loved it there, Dave. I really loved it, man. I mean, you know, that was a, and that's a, that's for a different conversation. But man, I just, I love. I love the camaraderie. Like I just, uh, just a magical place, man, down there. But yeah, the the audiences. I always love going to the Mexican audiences because they're, um, I don't want to say they're, like they're they're more pure. Is that the is that a good way to say it? It's we like, we used to call them like like almost like virgin audience. Like they they yeah. weren't spoiled yet. Like every everything you did, you could grab a headlock and it worked. Like like there was no like they weren't tough crowds at all. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, especially yeah. the kid, especially the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So dude. Yeah. Hey Dave. Hey man. Um I really appreciate you coming on. Oh yeah, anytime. Anytime. I love catching up with you. It was uh yeah, and uh, you I mean are you I, I I I don't know. If you like look if you ever come in in northern California just let me know. You know, let's get together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah last I think last time I seen you was that 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 the big Cal show at the Cow Palace, yeah. Right, right. That was yeah. something, too, going back to the – because I hadn't been to the – well, I'd been to the Cow Palace probably 10, 12 years ago with with WWF. Yeah. But, like, it fe that felt like, um, you know, it was more of a throwback to the old, old Cow Palace because they yeah. were – they were kind of trying like broad Patterson, Pat Patterson back and try to do the battle Royal and all that type of stuff. So it was a real, you know, it was like one of the bigger indie shows at that period of time, you know, book, you know, think about it. An indie company trying to book the cow palace is yeah. pretty, pretty gutsy. And they had like 3000 people or something. I mean, it was, yeah, it was good. Crowd. It was yeah. good. It was, it was, uh, it was acceptable. I mean, and high ticket prices. I mean, they probably, the first one I heard did well, then they came back with a second one that, you know, I know didn't do as well, which, you know, is kind of yeah. like, kind of like what you would expect in a lot of ways sure and yeah. i remember uh that was that was where i met luke perry and i think you might have been the first i, I met him met for him a second there, right? there too yeah, yeah 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 and his son his son was there and everything yeah his son's doing fantastic too yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah man hey dave like um we were supposed to be talking about my first time to japan but like <laughs> i don't talk to you very often man like um and it's great having it's great having you on so i kind of you know i talked about some other shit too so. <laughs> <It's>, yeah <laughs> all right hey nick is there anything you want to add no i really just enjoyed this you know i i was listening to sean talk about his times in japan with you before you connected dave and i was just excited to see you guys get together i didn't know you guys you know had hung out and done friendly things i guess i should have yeah 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 we did and and i have like one story that i remember that you okay so so there was a all Japan women's show on this tour with Minami Toyota and Toshio Yamada. Toshio Yamada, she had the haircut, right? In the hair match where she got yeah. her head shaved, right? And and you were like going back and forth whether you would come. Um, I don't know if you had like something to do with some of the other guys or whatever, but you didn't come. And then I remember seeing you like after and and you go like, so how was it? And I go, I think it was the best match I've ever, ever. seen live in yeah. my life. Yeah, and it I really remember. was. I mean, it really was. It was an absolute phenomenal match. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What do you yeah. uh, what do you think is Sean's best match, Dave? I haven't even thought about that one, but um, God, like 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 Bret Hart match, I just remember pops into my head, and then like you know some a lot of tag matches and stuff. But for some reason, like I mean, there probably there might be a there probably are better ones, but I just think of this Bret Hart singles match just because maybe because I'm a big Bret Hart fan and and because 
Um, you know, it was a high profile match. I, I don't know what what's what's like are your favorite matches. I mean, Jerry yeah. Lynn matches, of course. Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember in Global Jerry Lynn matches, of course. Yeah, yeah. So like I talk about that, like the matches with Jerry. I I look at them separately for because we were on we were trying to figure things out, Dave. We hadn't really been like, you know, like we go out there and wrestle each other and like trying to different things, but never really like having like those veterans and those great like minds, you know, uh, yeah. to tell us what we should be doing or like giving us advice. So we were figuring all that shit out as we went, I think for the most part. Right. Um, yeah. And when I look back at it, like some of the, the matches, I can see the mistakes we made like psych psychology wise and everything. Uh, but I still look back on them fondly, man, because I, uh, I'm just really proud of that stuff. But the match with Brett, you know, I had, by that time I had been, you know, working with some really, you know, really experienced guys, some veterans that really knew what the hell they were doing. And I learned a lot, man. And by, so by the time I had that match with Brett um, and I just listened to Brett, he, yeah. he let me call all my stuff and he said, I could do whatever I wanted, but like he laid it out and called it in there. And it's the best match. That's my, that's my, uh, my best match I've ever had. Wow. Sure. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one more thing before I go, um, one of the things that, that you've said, I mean, it was funny and I don't think you even said it to me. I may, may I may have been like in an interview somewhere. No, you know, you know, I think you may have even said it to me too, but it was, and I, I, it always resonates with me because you through your career, I mean, like you've been like in like all of the young guys. Now you were at that stage Every one of those guys is in, you know, where you just want to do everything in the world, yes. right? You know, yeah. all the crazy stuff, anything you can think of, you want to do in the ring. And yeah. then you went to this point where, you know, you got hurt doing it. And then you got to the point where you kind of figured it out on when to do it, when not to do it and everything. And I think that you said that, like, um, when you were young, the veterans would tell you, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing this. But of course, being young and just wanting to get over you, you just wanted to yeah. do it your way and didn't listen. Yeah. And then you said, like, and then all of a sudden, you're like the veteran telling these young guys who are trying to do everything they can come up with, you know, tone down, do it, you know, do, do it in a more timely fashion, whatever. And, and you said, like, I know they're not going to listen because I didn't, but I feel it's like my obligation to tell them anyway, which yeah. I just thought was was really perceptive, you know, because yeah. because, you know, so so many of the young, so, so many of the older guys will look down on it, forgetting where they actually were because they everyone started yeah. that way, right. you know, yeah. And it's I like, like I like yeah, to come like I don't I don't think I'm Terry Funk by any means, but like I always looked at how he was with the younger talent and the newer generation and how supportive he was of it without like oh you guys are you know like yeah. he might have had some criticisms, but um he probably you know, did it in a nice way. Really nice, man. Yeah and, yeah, and so like I like to think of myself like I want to be like Terry Funk when it comes to how I look at the the newer generation, you know. And and also, Dave, like some of the things that you're you're talking about, like I I knew I had to tell them, I knew they wouldn't get it right now, but they would get it, you know. That's that's a good point. Later on down the road, just like yeah, I yeah, did. yeah, yeah. That you're you're right because I remember when when I was younger, Terry Funk would tell me stuff that I didn't get, and like five seven years later, I I would remember it, and it's like now nah, okay, now I understand why he was, you know, it would you know, just say like, you don't really understand this. Yeah. And then he goes, but someday you will. And then someday it's like, I think I do, you know, yeah. but like when, yeah, I think that there's just, you see, you see it enough and you just kind of like, I don't know if it's react to the crowd or whatever, but um, yeah. you just kind of, you know, I mean, 
it's 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 such a unique business because it's 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 hard and you learn you learn from from your you learn from your injuries i think a lot too oh, yeah yeah. Oh, yeah 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 thanks dave thank okay, you thanks man. anytime you want to get back i was just gonna wrap it up by saying is there anything you want to plug or promote before we wrap it up here dave just the website, you know, WrestlingObserver.com. We do, I do audio shows with Gary Gonzalez and Brian Alvarez every week and do the Wrestling Observer newsletter, which covers every single thing in pro wrestling and MMA every week. It's extensive. It's, you want to learn business, the business end of it. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot of business stuff and, and, and the angles and where things are going and where they're not. And, you know, it's just, you know, who's coming up, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And, and, um, hey, I think it's really cool that you have Denise uh, as part of the yeah of the yeah crew yeah now, yeah, yeah she's doing really well yeah 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 yeah, cool. yeah. good personality yeah welcome to the game show portion of pro wrestling for life it is me Nick Hausman this week I'll be serving as the host of the game show and I have got a real humdinger planned something I am very excited about to bring to you all today and returning as one of the contestants for the show this week. He did not come up victorious last week in the game show portion of the show. He's going to get another shot here to best one of his fans. It is our good friend, Sean X-Pac Waltman. Sean, welcome to the game show. Thanks for having me, Nick. It's really good to be here. Who do I have in store for me this week to oh. play in this week's game? Oh, that's a great <laughs> question, Sean. You sound so excited. Certainly, <laughs> certainly not robotic, that's for sure. Um. Yeah, no, we have a great contestant here joining us all the way from WrestleZone. He does a great, a bunch of great podcasts with his brother. He's also a fellow grocery man like myself. He can stack a mean stack of peppers. It's our good friend Dominic D'Angelo. Dom, thank you for coming by and playing our game here today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Sean, it's good to see you again. Nick, it's always a pleasure, man. You brought me into this business. Let's kick me out right now. <laughs> all right, Dom. I'm about ready to destroy you. <laughs> Don't sing it. Bring it. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. This is going to be a massacre. Dude, you don't want to talk that way to Sean. He knows how to spinning heel kick, and he will take your head off. So, um, all right. Well, today's game, this week's game, is a game I came up with called Did That Really Happen? So what I'm going to do in this game is I'm going to read you both either something that happened or didn't happen this past week in professional wrestling. And then you have to tell me, that happened or that didn't happen. It's very simple to decide who's going to go first here today. Uh, I'm going to give you both a chance to guess what is Vince McMahon's birthday. The person closest to it, month, date, year, will go first. Uh, I'll start with you, Dominic. What do you think is Vince McMahon's birthday? I'm going to go, I'm going to roll with, I think, February 1st, 1945. Okay, Sean, do you want to take a guess? I do not. You can you can go first, Tom. Oh, I have no clue, man. I have I couldn't even begin to guess. Well, here's the thing: is Dom was actually really close. Uh, Vince's birthday is August twenty fourth, nineteen forty five. So you were oh. only off by like a couple months. Damn. So there oh. you go. Congratulations, Dom. All right, hey. so Dom, Dom. Did it happen? Did that really happen? Uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio became the first father son team to ever win. WWE Tag Team Gold. That really happened. That did happen. Point for Dom. Sean, back to you. The Miz and Morrison were attacked by zombies. That happened. 
That did unfortunately happen. Yes, it did. Yeah. It did. All right, back to Dom here. Alexa. One to one, folks. We're one to one, neck and neck so far. Over to you, Dom. Alexa Bliss debuted her new her new burn book featuring photos of a charred and burned the fiend Bray Wyatt. That didn't happen. That did not happen, but that is a damn good idea, and I wanted to put that out into the world. All right, <laughs> Sean. Uh, would you have would, Sean? Would you have said that happened? Would you have thought that happened? I. It's one of those Nick that it could have been. You know, either. I don't know. That was deceptive. It was yeah. very good, Nick. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to. It seemed you. plausible that it may have happened. Uh, Sean, uh, MVP revealed that Braun Strowman suffered an ankle injury at WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Um, that happened. That did not happen. He revealed that Braun had a rib injury. It was not a knee injury. Did I say that that happened? What I meant to say is no, that did no. not happen. No, no, no. It is two to one in favor of Dom now. All right, back to Dom. Uh, Keith Lee teased fans with a photo of himself in front of the WWE NXT War Games cage. That did not happen. That did happen. Whoa, guys. That told you're in the news game like me, Dom. I thought this would be a ringer for you. I mean, how <laughs> stupid can you get? Dude, dude, that was bad. John's going to do that Bronco Buster. He's going to rub balls first right into your eyeballs. Really hard. Really hard. All right. I'm going to bl blame the algorithm of Twitter for that one. Yeah, no, oh, that yeah. Well, you both have got one wrong now. All right. Back to you, Sean. Dexter Loomis proposed to indie wrestling Hartwell while Johnny Gargano fumed is that what is that her real like is it indie wrestling hartwell or just indie hartwell well uh johnny gargano gave her the wrestling name he's johnny wrestling oh oh that makes sense Since it sounds like it probably happened then uh well i'm sorry to say that did not happen <laughs> dexter loomis has not popped the question to indie hartwell yet that's too wrong now that you've gotten sean Sorry about that. All right, Dom, you're 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 still up here two to one. Uh Rhea Ripley pinned Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania Backlash to retain her Raw Women's Championship in a triple threat. That did not happen. That did not happen. She pinned Asuka to retain her title. So three to one here for Dom. Uh hey Sean, Mason T Bar appeared on Raw. Hey man, is there like is there somewhere you gotta be? <laughs> There's something there, like I mean well, this is the game. I'm putting. I'm trying to put the pressure on here, Sean. Yeah. Oh, is that is that is that the okay? It's part right. of. It. I shoot you off the road. Okay. All um, right. I I misinterpreted like why it seemed like you were in such a hurry right now. No, I'm just trying to keep the pressure on here, Sean. It's called pay. It's quick pace here at the game. Rapid so now that I've done a good job of breaking up your pace, yeah. Uh, could you ask me that again? Did it really happen? Mason T Bar appeared on Raw. No, it didn't. It did. They cut a promo, and then they appeared right. ringside for the Lumberjack match. So they did. T-Bar and Mays, they got a little FaceTime this week. Hey, Dom, Charles Wright, the godfather, turned 60 this week. Is that true? Did that happen? I know he's going to be on Stone Cold's podcast. That happened. That did happen. It was his birthday this past week. All right, and you know what? It's like four to one. Um, I mean, I got I mean, I only have two questions left here. So I'm just going to call it here. Like, Dom beat you, Sean. He, he beat you like a drum, honestly. 
Okay. Yeah, Dom, you're great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the game here. You know, <laughs> they say never meet your idols, but Dom did, and then he beat them. So, oh my gosh. you know, that's a lot. Um, I I mean, I put him over. I just I don't want to. Did I it mean, was you know? I just didn't want. I just didn't want to be so hard on him. Like I, I was. I appreciate. I'm a hot act. He wanted to get me over quick. Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now, but I'm trying like I did not lose on my own accord. <laughs> there was maybe a brief. Game. I am not a sore loser. No, no, dude, you let me all. have the first go too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what happened, you guys. Like, um, you know, it's just Nick with these trick questions, and uh, I'm sorry I disappointed everyone. Yeah, you sorry. know, that's two times in a row I have lost on my own show so yeah well, uh, what am i gonna do with myself well we'll see if maybe next week you can you can finally put a win in there i'll, I'll try to dig yeah. I'll, I'll dive into the vault i'll ask more stuff from like 94 you know real specific Ooh, um, see, there you go you know that would have caught me yeah off. like yeah. yeah we'll go back in time a little bit all right well hey dom i want to thank you for being the latest contestant here on the show uh, let the people out there know where can they find you, follow you, support you, all those wonderful things, Dom. Yeah, guys. Um, you can follow me at on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Uh, you can follow uh, – I do a podcast with my brother, uh, Marcus. We talk AEW Dynamite, two Dynamite dudes with attitude. And then we also do a WCW rewritten where we rewrite WCW. Well, my brother does. And, Sean, you are kind of in a feud now with Dusty Rhodes uh, in this reimagined universe of uh, WCW. Oh, yeah. Yeah, huh. so it's been pretty cool. And you're back in the Wolfpack, and it's past uh, Super Bowl 1998. So we're right in the thick of it. Oh, and, uh, so I haven't – so I ended up not leaving. You ended up not leaving. You're still in WCW oh, okay. in this one. So uh, my brother Marcus books it all, and then he writes it all out and then uh, executes it. So pretty cool so far. It's been pretty neat. Yeah, cool, so, yeah. Thank you, Dom. I appreciate yeah, you coming you, on, man. Dude, it's good to see both you guys again. Nick, you're going to be in Jacksonville, right? I will. So we'll see each other in person. We'll see each other in person then. Rock and roll, man. That's it for this edition of Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. Uh, I want to thank Double J, Jeff Jarrett. That's J E, ha ha, double F, ha ha, J double R, E double T. So I uh, just want to thank Jeff and I want to thank Dave Meltzer for taking the time to come on today. And, uh, and also, uh, well, you know, Nick, got anybody you want to thank before we go? No, just thank you, man. Thank everybody out there for supporting at Pro Rest for Life over on Twitter. I'm Nick underscore Hausman over on Twitter. And that's it, man. This was a this is a home run of a show. I'm so, so proud of what we're doing here. And I just want to thank everybody who tunes in every week. Yes. It's a pleasure. Yes. Exactly what Nick just said. Yes. See you all right here next week. Pro Wrestling for Life. <laughs>